2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Here's Kansas City from the 19. Throwing at the goal line, and it's caught by Kelsey for the Touchdown.
3: Travis Kelsey, <laughs> he's had a really, really great postseason. I know we don't love hearing that and seeing it, but it is true. He's had a great postseason. He passed Jerry Rice for um, a postseason all-time postseason catches, right, Joe? I think it was past Jerry Rice. And he needs right, seven coming into the yeah, game. Yeah, most and
0: he, ever. And he did it in like seven fewer games or something <laughs> than Jerry Rice. <laughs>
3: it's amazing. It really is. All right, we're gonna uh, get connected with our fans here. It's brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthTownKia.com. Craig in North Tonawanda is up next. Hi, Craig. You're on the Extra Point Show. Hey, guys.
2: Good morning. How are you? Good, thanks. Good. I think it's fair to say that this might be the most important draft in the bean McDermott era. You know, we definitely got to get Josh some more weapons. We got to rebuild the defensive line. You know, starting safeties a point of concern, too. I know they're going to have 10 draft picks likely going into the draft. My question is, for some pieces that might not be as essential anymore, like kind of like a Dawson Knox or a Kyrie Elam, do you think uh, it's possible the front office might move on from these guys for extra draft capital before the draft? And if so, what do you know? If you're in Bean shoes, what would you try to get for them?
0: Elam, and who was the other one? Uh, Dawson Knox. You know, I don't know that they would fetch the value. That would make it worth it. Like, Elam at this point, I don't know what you're getting. A late-round pick? Um, I don't know how different you think that's going to do for your roster. And Knox, I I thought about the idea of trading him when the season ended, but I don't know. Brandon Bean sounded to me like that guy's on the team next year. You can't trade Dawson Knox with
3: his contract. You can't. You're taking an $11.7 million dead cap hit, and you're only saving $2 million. Right. So at that point, it's what are you getting? Do you think a third-round
0: pick, if you get that at another position, plus two million dollars, is more valuable than Dawson Knox? Like I, I I don't know. Like depends what the position is, I guess. I mean, yeah. Um, So
3: Craig, there's not they can't they basically can't trade Dawson Knox. He's at an eleven. He'd be a eleven million dollar cap hit plus this year. They're they're hardly saving anything. And I mean, he's still a good player. Even though you, I understand what you're saying with Dalton Kincaid, but you know, you you want to have you know ability to to have if guys get injured and things like that. Um so I think that's off the table. Plus the Bills sounded very much like they're not interested in anything like that the way they talked at the end of the season. I would I would think that we're gonna have a conversation, Joe and Craig, about Kyrie Elam throughout this offseason. I do think that. He's going into his third year he really can't get on the field. I know you really like him, Joe, and the things mm-hmm. that he brings, but I do think that is an appealing contract you can move to another team who maybe, and, and you know what else being said, and I think this is interesting, he said they feel they have depth at cornerback. So mm-hmm. I just think that's something we're going to be talking about quite a bit. So that position,
0: it, it he he's part of that depth, you know. If they were to move him, then you really have to wonder where Tredavious White's at and whether Tredavious White is willing to take a pay cut on Elam. If they moved Elam in a trade, that would basically save, you know, not everything, right? Yeah, that would oh, no, sorry. No, it wouldn't save anything. Um if they traded him pre June 1st, the dead cap is basically the same as the cap hit. So then it comes down to is the pick because if the money's all if the money's all equal, whether you cut him or not uh, or trade him or not, are you getting more from the player that you're getting from the draft pick than you're getting from Elam? And maybe the answer that's yes. I don't think you're getting much for him though. And I have I do always like the player. I just don't think he's the right fit with his skill set for this defense. He is a very mm-hmm. we saw it in the Steeler game. He's a boomer bust type of corner. Like to me. In Dallas, Kyrie would be great. Daron Bland is a boomer bust corner. Tredav- Tredavis, mm-hmm. uh, or Trayvon Diggs, same thing. We're like, those guys get burned all the time, but they have a million pick sixes and interceptions because that's the style of defense Dan Quinn plays. Sean McDermott asks a lot different of his cornerbacks, and I think that's a yeah. big reason why it might just never work here between Elam and McDermott, but... I don't know that you'd want to do that when you don't know about Tredavious White's health and Dane Jackson's a free agent. I would never, I, as much as I like Elam, I like Benford a ton, and I love Douglas. I would never start him over either one of those two. For me, it's about, is, do you trust Kyrie Elam enough to be your number 3 cornerback if Tredavious White's not ready to go? And for me, that's a yes, but I I'd still, of course, would have wonders about whether the team sees him that way.
3: You like him more than Dane Jackson?
0: Um, I do. Yes, I mean it's close okay. enough for me. Where like when Jackson was in over him, I didn't really bat much of an eye. But yeah, I wouldn't. Prioritize it's nice to have them both. I
3: I I like Jackson too. He is a free agent again. Dean Jackson. I don't think you would have to spend a ton to re- retain him. Could be yeah. a Levi Wallace situation where someone offers him a you know halfway decent contract, not a ton, mm-hmm. but you just can't find the money. Could be something like that. I, he, if you look spot track, Mike Giannetti has. If you trade Elam before June first, yeah. It's a cap hit of $3.6 million, dead cap. I don't think the Bills would be interested in that. This is one of those situations, Joe, where to me, you see how the offseason plays out. You go through OTAs. You go through mini-camp. I don't think the Bills want to divest themselves of their first-round pick from just two years ago without at least thoroughly vetting what he is this offseason, knowing where they stand, and then going into training camp and saying, okay, now if something comes across and he's not going to get on the field, we can trade him with a much more minimal uh, dead cap hit. It's a post-June 1 trade. You'd be taking on less than $2 million dead cap the next two years. Yeah, And then and then maybe you get something the following year. The problem with that type of scenario is you don't get the return right now for this draft, and as Craig pointed out, it's a very important draft.
0: Yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I might predict that he's not moved. It would not stun me. It would not surprise me at right. all. Um, there were some comments made by Bean, too, right, and even Elam after the season about – how the injury might have impacted him more than others. And listen, like, they've, you know, you can roll your eyes at that, and I'm one to do that too when, you know, injuries get made an excuse for a player's whole season. But sometimes, like, look at Spencer Brown, right? Like, I rolled my eyes at the idea that Spencer Brown was not good last year just because of a back injury that he had in camp. But the Bills said that that was the reason why he had a up-and-down year, and then this year he was healthy and was a lot better. So... You know, maybe they're right about Elam. Maybe the foot injury was more than we thought it was, mm-hmm. and I will always point to, you know, some of his advanced numbers that show that he's really only had one bad game, one really truly bad game of the games he started. He was horrible against Jacksonville. No doubt. He got smoked by Calvin Ridley play after play. But the rest of his career you know there there are there are, here, again it's the type of corner he is boomer bust he makes some bad plays but there are enough splash plays that he makes to offset that to where the numbers show that he's actually not pretty good at the end of the day so I don't need to put him on the field. I don't even need him over Dane Jackson. If they think maybe there's a struggling first-round pick on another team, sell at a different position where they go, we'll trade you our struggling first-round pick for your struggling first-round yeah. pick. I don't know how the money would work <laughs> there, but I wouldn't be stunned if a deal like that happened. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart
1: knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. lockout and other restrictions supply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.
3: It's a football trade. we talk about hockey right, trades, yes. right? That's a football trade. That's Kelvin Shepard for Jerry Hughes, by the way. Yeah. Who Kelvin yeah. Shepard, I believe, I saw on my TV last night, he is an assistant coach for the Lions. Good for Kelvin Shepard. He's made a career out of football, even though it didn't work out on the field. He's an assistant coach for the Lions, so good for him. Yeah, that would be a uh, the classic yes. football trade. Joel, up in New Hampshire. What's up, Joel?
4: Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, um, I was watching the game yesterday, and, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I didn't watch Baltimore much this year. But I'll tell you, you know, I was at the Chiefs game, drove out, um, you know, what, had a good time with the Mafia and everything. But <laughs> this offense of ours, we're pretty good. I mean, we were two, like two plays away and a missed kick from keeping that game as close as, I mean, winnable against this vaunted, you know, KC defense. So – When you're talking draft, I could see like if we hit and there's plenty of receivers, we hit on one more receiver. I think this draft might be in the later rounds with all these draft picks, showing up the linebackers, corners, and because pretty much everybody on offense is coming back next year, right? I think this Ty Johnson we picked up from the Jets was an excellent pickup. Very you know, like a sleeper. Cooks hmm. dropping that pass. Yeah, I mean, you got to work on that. I mean, that was huge. That drop pass, he walks in the end zone. That changes Yeah, the but he, they scored two
3: plays later anyway, Joel. Joel, they scored anyway. You know, I know, didn't
4: I, know I know. But I know, but it's just like the fact that he dropped that pass again. I got I mean, it. I it, it. it seems yeah. you know, you know what I mean? I'm not dissing him. Yeah. I'm not dissing him. But I am not that. Well, look so
3: here's Here is your point, Joel. Because I want to, I want to get another call. And I want to you say to your point, though, if I can, you're talking about the offense. Yes, pretty much, you're right. The offense is coming back. In fact, so I have a chart that I have that people can look um, at my Twitter at Sal Sports. And if you look at the, I, I highlight in blue the um, pending free agents. Definitely more on the offensive side. I mean, you do have Ty Johnson is a free agent, but you know maybe they can get him back. Davis and Sherfield, and then David Edwards. That's it. Like Kyle Allen, Damian Harris, but. Yeah, Kyle Allen's a free agent, backup quarterback. But you're really only looking at one, two. I mean, really two, three guys who were any kind of contributors on offense, and then on defense, a whole bunch of them, Steve. So I think you're right that I mean, um, Craig. I think you're right that they're going to have to probably you know shore that up real quick. Let's get to Steve in Pennsylvania before the break. Go ahead, Steve.
2: Hi, guys. Go go Bills. I think uh, the the evaluation on the. Uh, draft has been good. That they've done a good job overall. Like you said, that they've done as well as any team. I think that they have misevaluated a lot of the pro picks, the their free agents, the the Hardys, the Sherfields. Because you look at the cornerstone of what where the Bills have been over the last five six years. It's Poyer. It's it's uh, Micah. It is Morse. Uh, but they've misevaluated the pro scouting. What do you think?
3: Hmm. I can understand that. Yeah, I think it's tough. I think that the thing you're dealing with, Steve, you, you, you mostly in free agency because they've had a, they've been up against the cap. You can't spend a ton of money. So you're getting guys who aren't, aren't getting a lot of interest. And I, I hear what you're saying. I think it's a little tougher though, given those constraints, you know what I mean?
2: Well, certainly, the dollar you know you're not going to be able to, to get the von Miller every time, but it's evaluating and finding like the foyer and the Micah and yeah. uh, guys like that that were good, but trying to find that great value whereas, well, yeah. that, that they've not done very well in the last few years.
0: you know some yes and no, so, you know, this is probably with most things. Some of that though, is started. By missed picks. I think the Bills are like most teams. They have missed picks. And I think there's enough there's actually I think ESPN did this like last offseason where they actually like looked into like how often teams are hitting, and the Bills were like in the top ten. So they they weren't the best team in the league at drafting, but they were fine. And that was before like Terrell Bernard, you know, took a step and Brown. So I think some of this, though can start with draft misses, and then your pro scouting can make up for that. Like or the other way. Like, why, does, why do they pay Von Miller $100 million? It's because, well, we drafted Epinesa, and he's not looking as good as we maybe hoped, and Rousseau was okay year one, but not what we really wanted. Like, elite franchise pass rusher, Basham, too. Like, they got to Von because they had taken swings before at that position, and they hadn't found their way to a number one guy. But that can, it, And that hasn't gone great, but it can go well. I mean, they missed on Kyrie Elam. They would have never... Asked their pro scouting department to evaluate Rasul Douglas for them. Had Kyrie Elam been a great player, but they missed on the pick. And then when they got to White's injury and said, well, we need a corner. And I'm thinking that's a good example of them doing a good job of finding Rasul Douglas, getting him on a third-round
3: pick, and then he steps in and is playing at an all-pro level the second half of the year. Well, you could take it even player by player, position by position, which is he brings up, Steve, you bring up Sherfield and Hardy, and that's fine. And you're not wrong. I could also say, but they got value out of Connor McGovern this year, I would say. They got value out of Daquan Jones as a free agent. You can go back to when they didn't get it out of Mario Addison, right? And those guys, Quentin Jefferson, right? Joe, remember those, those defensive linemen there yep. rotating in and out? I mean, you could definitely. So I, I think it is, yes, you have to look at kind of the, all, everything in totality. Um, you know, and, and yes, you have some misses there. You have some hits, but you're right, Joe. You, if you hit on the draft, if you if A.J. Epinesa becomes uh, what you thought he might be early in his career, if Greg Rousseau, I mean, he's been a nice player, maybe you don't have to find your way to Von Miller and spend all that money, and then that eats up a lot of your cap to go out and get some of these lower-level guys. So I do think it's kind of a, a little bit of both. But Steve, it's a good point. I, I understand where you're coming from. I do think they've hit on a few, but they've also obviously have some misses, which puts them in this situation. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Oh, by the way, remember when we talked about how the— patriots kind of got hey we 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 have tom brady and how the chiefs are doing the same thing hey we have patrick mahomes i'll tell you another mm, group that's doing the same thing but i think it could very well backfire for them after this on wgr t-mobile has invested
1: billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours